the name of Jesus. Okay. It's great to be home and uh, well in the house again, and been having a great time in the presence of God, preparing His Word. Uh, it's just been a glorious time, and I just love it when God speaks and our spirits are free to hear from the Lord and what He wants done. It's glorious. Aren't you feeling better? Amen. 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 Do we have a volunteer session next Saturday? Okay. Volunteers from 9 o'clock, was it 9.30? Pastor Brian, I missed that announcement, right? It's an invite. So anybody that wants to invite, that wants to volunteer here this morning can be there. Well, okay, fine. I'm just letting you know right now, all volunteers, I will be breaking my fast at 12.30 on Saturday. All the religious spirits are standing up and saying, Let's pray. You know, I just, um, my wife was late because of ESCOM, thanks to ESCOM. And so I had to dress myself. Do I look okay? Don't leave me this way. Amen. Father, we thank you for your grace and your peace. Thank you for the joy of the Lord that is our strength. Let the anointing make the difference today. Give us understanding. Think through my mind. Settle every ungodly emotion. And let the truth penetrate every heart and every mind. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. Please be seated. We love you. I'm so glad that we... Uh, Doing this thing together. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. The title of my sermon this morning is A Chosen Generation. I want you to see that we are building the seven pillars in our lives. If you run light, in fact, before we go to this, can we just put up that picture image, that image first around the seven pillars? If you run light on any one of these, you're going to run into trouble. You want to make sure that you've got your faith, your family, your fitness, your, your phys physical fitness, your finances, your future. I switched that around. I dealt with the future already. Today we're going to touch on finances. Tuesday, from Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'll be dealing with friends. You need to have friends with faith. You need, you, need, you need a certain kind of friend that will challenge you and say what you're doing is not right. You need friends that will provoke you into your destiny. I pray that God sends you the right friends. We're going to pray over that because there are people, if you are the smartest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. You need someone else to challenge you to another level. And some of you don't want anybody to challenge you. And that's why... You're staying so comfortable, and I'm comfortable around this friend. You need friends that makes you uncomfortable. I will deal with that starting on Tuesday. We've been busy with finances yesterday, uh, today, and then tomorrow. We'll be, that's what we've been fasting about. And then we're ending the fast with fruitfulness. I always end my fast with Esther. Esther what? 
I've given you instruction. The last three days is fruitfulness. Don't change it. God has got a specific menu for you. If I be your shepherd, then I must lead you into pastures green. I'm telling you, don't eat that trifle. Here's broccoli here. You and your household must become fruitful for the kingdom of God. Come on, please help me preach. Here's the point. If you run light on any one of them, you're going to run into trouble. You need faith. You need the proper family around you. You need to pray for every one of them. And if you have no finances, how are you going to fulfill your destiny? So let's get into finances today. And we're going to, it's a, it's a challenging topic because when I say finances, and we need to respect everybody's offering, because Jesus respected this old woman with her two mites and says she gave more than anybody else. So when you speak about finances, it's difficult to throw a blanket message because everybody's on different levels. Somebody who's needing uh, 40 million for a building right now is not impressed if all I speak about is two mites. They want to know how do I get my building? And how do I pay it off? But there is a woman in this place today that has got no money and they're about to sell her children and the creditors are coming to take her children and she needs a strategy. There's somebody who just needs um, some money just to see the, out throughout the week. You don't know how you came to church. There's no petrol and the like. You don't know how you're getting home. And everybody, when you speak about finances, people are on different levels. Uh, because of capacity and because of experience and because of life. Um, some with their education, some with the miseducation. So when you speak about finances, many people are at different levels and I'm not here to impress you with some of the things that I've been through. But in my life and my working experience, what some people are striving for, I earned in six hours a day but paid 40,000 rand 20 some odd years ago for six hours a day. And so money wasn't really a thing with us in that God supplied resources because when I walked out there, I walked into my company, the Holland Icon, which is a call center, and I worked in that call center and I helped pay off churches with my money as a king. And so there are different levels for different people. There's a woman that I would maybe have to give, you know, help with some monies just to cover the month's rent. We've been feeding different people. We've been sending monies to... Um, my gardener's daughter went into... Uh, is going to a different grade and a different school. And um, he needed money just to see her through the term. I'm not trying to... I'm just trying to let you know that people are at different levels. That's all I'm trying to say. Don't want to share more of our detail and the kind of sewing that we do. That's different. Um, I have the opportunity to sew up to Dr. Winston. I get to sew down to those that I would never see again. It's all different levels. So people are on different levels of finances. So we need to understand that and we need to respect that. So I'm not, I don't want to be disrespectful in any way about where you're at, where you're earning capacity and potential and capacity is but I want to provoke maybe the potential in you to the next level. That we can think about finances and how God works. So one of my key things 
as a leader, as a man, when I started off, I was absolutely convinced that I would be a kingdom financier. I had my company's strategies. We were building some things. Then God put a halt to all of it. And he says, you called to preach. Freaked me out because um, every week I've got to preach. I've got to deal with all the crazy people every single week. Come and look at your neighbor and say, he's not talking about me. He's not talking about me. And with this, it created a whole fight in my mind. So the son of man has nowhere to rest his head. He's looking for a body that he can get them to think the way he thinks. And that's what happens to most of us. Because when God puts his head, when your head goes, John the Baptist, and he puts his head on your shoulders, a lot of your body reacts. My body reacted. I felt like I was dying. Because when I got his mind and his thinking, it shifted everything inside of me and I was immobilized. I couldn't move. I couldn't sleep. At night, I, could, I was awake. In the day, I was falling asleep. Went to my doctor. My doctor said, why don't you just do what the Lord has told you to do? He didn't say you're the Lord. He said, you're God. He's a Muslim guy. So it was the last time I'm seeing you, buddy. And so when you are dealing with the call of God upon your life, often your legs must go somewhere. But the mind of God and telling you who you are as elders, you're struggling and grappling with the thoughts of the possibility of what it would look like because you weren't trained that way. And this is what happened to me. And now that you, you are matured and um, I see things differently and I've studied the word of God, I now begin to see what God intended. And this is built on the scripture in First Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, please. Everybody read, want to read. But you are a chosen generation. Add a royal priesthood. Add a holy nation. Add his own special people. Why? That you may proclaim the praises of him who did what? He called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Next verse. Who once were not a people but are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now you have mercy. So what he's done here, he's putting out this and saying, God's got this peculiar people in the earth. You're not like anybody else. I mean, thank God for that. But when God pulls you out of darkness and puts you into his light, he calls you a chosen generation. And with this, if you don't develop in your understanding about why you are here and what God intended, you will frustrate yourself. So when I came in and started being a, and, and shifted into being a priest, uh, let's pick up Revelations, Revelation chapter 5 and verse 10, please. Oh, let's think, pick up from verse 9. And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and every tongue and people and nation. So they're trying to still sing the song. They're trying to figure out who these people are, that, that God's mind is full of them. 
that he would visit them and he would create this generation, a, a people who were not a people, now becomes God's people. He be, they become the people of God. And they're trying to sing the song and they're trying to bring an image or an identity to who these people really, really are. Verse 10 says, and they have made us, that's what you're looking for, kings and priests to our God. And this is how they're going to reign on the earth. I don't know how the church is missing. Because when I got called and I felt the call of God on this priestly anointing, I did not understand there's something like a kingly anointing. And so in my mind, all I'm going to do is, and I, I fought God, I need to get people saved. We need to go after the world. We need to just tell people that they must be born again. Turn or burn, you know. Do you know where you're going to go when you die? And this is the message. And in my mind, deep down inside of me, I'm really not an evangelist. But I know this is how I was brought up, and this is how I was brought up in the house. And getting people saved was it. And yet, the scripture lets you know that this weird, chosen, peculiar, royal priesthood, strange names. It's really a strange name because how do you put the name to these people? They don't follow religion. They're not forming a part of some sort of, it, it looks cultish. Because they, they're so strange. I was going to tell, um, in December, Brian's uh, mom and Aaron's mom came up here. And then I was saying, oh, I feel nervous all over again. When we started the church, Brian came, Aaron came, and they both left their jobs. There's no income, and they're trusting God. So both their parents came up, both the moms came up. To see me because apparently in Joburg there's a cult. I was going to tell them in Christmas. I said, do you remember the last time you came here? The two of you. We had some lunch with them. And they, they accused me of being a cult. Because they're looking at this peculiar people because we don't fit in under Catholicism. And we don't fit in under the Methodist. And we don't look like the Baptist. It is this people that we're trying to put an image and identity straight so that we can know who these people really, really are. And yet, if you go to Scripture, you'll find out who you really, really are. Bring me, take me to the book of Exodus. Because Exodus chapter 19 and verse 4. You've seen what I did, so God takes them out to take them in. It's an important thing to understand. God says, come out from amongst them and be separate. So if you follow the order with God, you're going to come into what God has got for you and for your household. Most people just know saved. When Jesus saves you, when you study the scriptures in the book of Exodus, God brings them out. And then... The blood of Jesus or the blood of the Lamb moves them through the doors. That means they're moving into a new dimension. They're coming into a new system. So God must take care of them. He takes them out. And the power of, of that, that blood on that, the angel of death passes over. But then they go to the Red Sea. 
And at the Red Sea, God separates them from their enemy. That's the water baptism. He cuts the umbilical cord. Because the ten plagues are the contractions. The seed comes from Joseph. Joseph is planted into the womb. Egypt is a surrogate mother. When God has grown that baby, here comes the baby and the baby comes out. At the Red Sea, there is a separation from the system of the world. And now they're going to God what God has got for them. Are you still with me? Are you tracking with me? It's really important because if you measure that in the New Testament, you'll find that the blood of Jesus Christ is enough for heaven. To be separated from the world, you need to be water baptized. I tell you why most people have been struggling with past sins and old relationships and old flames and going back and going to get another streetwise too from that guy with his ingrown toenails and you're still tolerating that garbage is because you haven't been water baptized. Because in the water baptism, God separates you from the old. And the enemy stops around you because the wheels of those chariots came off because they were pursuing the people of God. The devil will stop harassing you if you follow the order with God. So born again is one. Water baptism is another. Now they're in the wilderness and God is supplying them. Now, important to understand that when they came out of the wilderness, uh, out, of, out of bondage, God granted them favor. So nobody goes to work. He puts, gives them medical aid. He's their physician. He heals them. Whatever they need, they're in the wilderness. It's God's property. It's God's people. And God has got to put on them an anointing. So the power of God is on them. And God begins to give you mention in the book of Exodus chapter 19. He begins to tell you who these people are because they've got no identity. They're out of, they're not Egyptians. Um, the Egyptians are just using them. I mean, Joseph is the strange man that was in, the, in, in Egypt. And how they multiplied and they grew. And these people are out and they need an identity. That's exactly with, the same with you. Because you become a new creation in Christ. And, and all things have passed away and all things become new. So now you are walking into what God has got for you. But in the, in the wilderness, God has got to supply. He's got to take care of everything that you need. He's got to make sure that there's a manner. That if anyone is sick, um, you can lift up a pole. Uh, a, a serpent in the wilderness and people get healed. They come to a place of where the bitter waters are made sweet. It's Mara because of what they've been through. And God is their constant supply in the wilderness. Then God takes Moses, says, now create and build a tabernacle for me in the wilderness. Gives him dimensions, warns him, according to Hebrews chapter 8, that you must build according to the pattern that I show you on the mountain. Don't violate this thing because this is only a shadow. The substance is in Christ in the New Testament. If you get it wrong here, people are going to doubt my character and my word. I'll have to find and build this thing with someone else. So Moses is in the wilderness and is getting his, the only focus is the temple. Because these are a peculiar people. These are not an ordinary people that I'm busy with. And I'm going to put inside of them something that's going to show the world that they are special, that they are a chosen generation. Are you with me? Keep tracking, keep tracking. I'm going somewhere. So God says, he lays this in the scripture in Exodus chapter 19. He says, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you into the promised land. No, read it, man. Want to read. And brought you to what? To myself. He says, 
you didn't have a father. You didn't understand family. You had no laws. You don't understand the economy. You don't understand how the systems work. And the first place that I bring you to is myself. I build a relationship with you first. Because the presence of God provides for your peace. The principles of God provide for your prosperity. So now you begin to walk with God. And all they have in the wilderness is the presence of God. All they're doing is they are sheep, they are animals, they're making sacrifices and they're going into the presence of God. Once a year, the, the, the glory of God comes down and the presence and the power of God is in their place. So God gives them favor. But the truth is in the wilderness, you don't plant a thing. Nothing grows in the wilderness. But the church is there. This helps you understand the difference between the church and the kingdom. So there is a priestly anointing. I think it was found, what did I give you the last scripture? Exodus chapter, I think it was 31. And verse, pick up from there for me. I think it was 31. Or Exodus 32, please find that scripture for me. Now watch this. God puts favor, the gold, the, the, the earrings, all the things on the people, gives them favor. They haven't worked a day in their lives. No need to work. God gives them rest from the enemies. They're now in the presence of God. And God says, tell Moses, he says, we're going to build. This is our only focus here. We're going to fix the temple. We're going to create a place of worship. And this place of worship, tell the people, the favor that I gave them in the world with, with, with Egypt. Let them with willing hearts come and put the gold, the earrings, whatever, melt it and make and set it up for the tabernacle. I put it on them, but now tell them, even though I gave them favor, make sure that the temple is first. Make sure that their priority is straight. Help them understand that if they're going to be this chosen generation, if they're going to be this royal priesthood, if they're going to have dominion in the earth, if they're going to function and have a rulership in the earth, they need to understand two anointings here. They need to understand the anointing of priestly, the, this priestly anointing. I need to go back to my scripture. I'll come back to Exodus chapter 31. Please take me back. Exodus chapter 19. So you've seen what I did to the Egyptians, how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Verse 5. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all the people. So God is letting them know your dominion in the earth. He says, all the earth is mine. But you're going to have to follow the pattern that I give you. If you miss the pattern, you're going to miss out on life. Then verse 6 says, the next verse says, and you shall be to me, here's this crazy term that the world and even the church has not defined properly. A kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And he says, these are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. So God gave you your identity already. So if you understand the beginning, when God blessed them, God said, let us make man in our image, 
Image comes first. Likeness has got to do with function. If you don't get your image right, you will struggle your whole life. That's why the LGBTQ, all the alphabet people are messing with the children's minds because you don't give them their identity. Because the devil knows if I mess with a man's identity, I've messed with his whole destiny. So image is first. So before you can go into the promised land, I've got a place, I'm letting you know the earth is mine. There are people occupying houses, they build stuff, they're taking my resources, they're they functioning there. But I have called you as a kingdom of priests. What is a kingdom of priests? A kingdom, of course, is a king's domain. It's a place where you can function from. But he calls them where you're going to go and rule in this place. There's a part of you that must be, that needs to understand that you are not just going to fetch money and going into going to deal with territory. You need to understand the priestly, the priest of who you are. So in the Old Testament, God separates the kings and the priests. In the New Testament, we are both kings and priests. That means the kings don't stand outside while the priests are in the temple. The priests have got to do with spiritual sacrifices, offerings that they will present before the Lord and they will deal with all spiritual things to know that the presence of God is here, that they've honored God. And when this is right, then they'll go out and the kings will know that they are blessed for another year and that they can go and take territory. So the kings have got to do with territory, gaining territory. The priests mainly deal with the, the, the rulership or, 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 or the sacrifices in the house of God. They deal with spiritual things. The awesome thing about a New Testament believer, a New Covenant believer, is that you have both kings and priests locked up in one. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God dwells in you. So that means that I don't have to hear the voice of the Lord alone. You can hear God's voice even though you're out in the marketplace. So what God done with me is that He, he stops this kingly anointing on my life. Puts a halt to it. Takes my business. I'm telling him, I'll help you. The Lord says, you will never be able to help me. Because you built and started this thing on an, a, a foundation on, in the world. And God will never build, he builds nothing on a compromised foundation. So he pulls this business. I'm crying and weeping over the money that's not there. But he's trying to show me something greater. And with this, this priestly anointing, because you are both king and priest, this peculiar people, this strange people, this is who you are. I get to hear from God and I get to download what I, I need and God, as with the kingly anointing, executes on it. But when you come into the wilderness, the wilderness has got to do with the church. Every focus, every time it's, um, you, you hear about the wilderness, you only hear about the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant. You, you, you're finding out people making sacrifices. They're doing nothing else. They're not building houses. They're not planting vineyards. They're not going in. God is their supply. He's making them depend on Him like never before. It's the priestly part they've been trained in. Now you know as a new covenant believer, you're both king and priest. So the kingly part goes to work every single, every, from, from Monday to, 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 to Saturday. And then the priestly part is, I mean, you can have in the morning, 
where, where, I mean, Sunday is a special day because we come together, but you got a relationship with, the, with God and you can hear His voice every single day. You're still tracking with me. But there is this peculiar people, a kingdom of priests, a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, that number one is that they fix this thing in their hearts concerning God and the priestly order. So you get to hear His voice. You get to worship Him and spend time in His presence. And you build a relationship with Him. And in the wilderness, that's all God ever did. It was only about the presence of God. So, when God put an anointing on them, the anointing was only to fix things in the temple. Pick up Exodus chapter 31 now, please. Here's what He says to Moses. Now look, they want to go into the promised land. The church is not the kingdom. The church is the vehicle through which the kingdom moves. The church is, is the ecclesia. It's the place where God would handpick you and choose you. You did not choose me. I chose you. And God puts you in his house. And he begins to develop your spirit. Not just give you money. He develops your spirit. That's why I'm loving the children in the service and the worship, even extending the worship. Let the children get used to the presence of God. Before you give them a degree in their hands, before you speak about business, because they are both kings and priests. Are you with me? Teach the children about the presence of Almighty God. Teach them to know that when they walk into another church or another environment, they can say the presence of the Lord is not here. The children, come on, Samuel. Your children need to know that uh, God's not in this place. Uh, I don't know what I'm feeling, but there's something about this thing that is not right. And teach the children how to walk out of those places. Make them so used to the presence of the Lord because there's a part of every child in being born again. The priestly anointing, this thing that knows the, the voice of God and senses His presence and knows when you're fasting, your spirit becomes sharpened. The anointing. You must teach everyone around us. We speak about money and it's, it, it becomes a perverted thing. So in the presence of God and the house of God, you teach them how to honor God. Now I must go to church, leave the children behind. Are you kidding me? You want to leave your children an inheritance? What of houses and, 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 and businesses? You die. They'll blow that thing in one year. Because they have no sense spiritually. You know that everything has created in the natural comes from a spiritual place. The spiritual realm is the birthing place. You teach your children how to honor God with their money. Oh, but I, I need that iPad now. You'll get that iPad in the next 12 months. But for the, this money belongs to the kingdom of God. Let me, let, me, let me show you what I'm saying. Because the wilderness, otherwise you're going to die in the wilderness with your children. If you never honor God, you never can come into the kingdom. The kingdom is not the church. The kingdom is where you express your gift and the power of who you are as a family and the gift functions in the kingdom. It's a place of territory. I'm getting ahead of myself. When you come into the house of God and you begin to function in the house of God and God brings you to the wilderness and you're now saved and you got water baptized and now you're finding there's a kingdom life embassy church and uh, this is your apostle and I'm training you up. The first thing is that I train you to become sensitive to the presence of God. Then when they were busy building the temple, please look at this. See, God says, I've called 
by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of her, of the tribe of Judah. And I filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and all manner of workmanship. Next verse. To design artistic works, to work in gold, in silver, in bronze, keep going, in cutting jewels for setting, in carving wood, and to work all manner of workmanship. Keep going. And indeed, I've appointed with him that guy, the son of that guy, of the tribe of Dan, and I've put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans that they may make all that I've commanded you. So, you're busy building this temple because in the wilderness, it's only about the tabernacle. And God's focus is on His church, the house of God, and He's fixing it. And He says, what is this for? The thing that I put in your heart to do, Moses, the design, the blueprints that I've given you, now you need to know I've put it, I can put the Spirit of the Lord on anybody in this place if they have a desire for my house. So I'll put my spirit in them. They can design things. They can put things together. And the focus is the house of God. Nobody's getting paid. Nobody's getting given money. Nobody's going into the promised land. Until we fix this tabernacle. Until we get this thing right in the house of God. He says, if you don't get it right here, you will die with your children. He says, what is this spirit for? It's for the tabernacle of meeting, the ark of the testimony, that, and the mercy seat that is in it, and all the furniture in the tabernacle. Keep going. He speaks of his utensils and the altar of incense. And, um, and so he gives an anointing, and his power doesn't speak about the kingdom. He's only dealing with the priestly part. He says, everything that I put on these people right now, Moses, is to hear my voice, and if they need anything in their house, I will supply it. And if they have to design anything, I can put my spirit on him. And they can, they can design stuff. And if they need to sing a song, I'll put my spirit on them to make sure that the house is taken care of. So that the people get used to the priestly part is to hear and understand who God is. Are you still tracking with me? They haven't yet activated the kingly part. So God, with my life, starts to work around me, doesn't. I said, but I can help you with the money. He said, the money will distract you. I said, I can, do, I can do both in the marketplace and I can preach. He says, no, son. What I have for you, you can't handle with one hand. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And you're going to be playing a bit in the marketplace. And you're going to be coming to the church a little bit. I need to drop the vision that I've given you. The blueprints and its dimensions. And I will send people to support what you are doing. But I need you focused. You need to make me a vow. Make a vow to me that that's what you're going to do for me. So I stay in the, in the, in the tabernacle. And I stay in his presence. And I, I get the vision and I hear about for change, and I hear about uh, Kingdom Life Embassy. We go through all kinds of experiences as a priest, and, and the enemy is after the vision. And then God begins to, a couple of years ago, says to me, I'm now releasing the kingly anointing on you. The kingly anointing is, is different in that I'm going to show you how to go into the land. So 
They're 40 years in this wilderness. And finally, Joshua and Caleb, of a different spirit, decide to move into the promised land where the kingdom manifests. The kingdom is not the church. What they left with, they left the whole tabernacle and sacrifices in the wilderness, but they took the ark of the covenant with them into the promised land. So you cannot separate the church and his kingdom. The world has done it because they're using kingdom principles to make money. But they don't have the presence of God. Because we are peculiar people. We have both the presence of God and the principles of how to function. He told you that we rule in this earth through kings and priests. So the, whenever you study the scriptures and even transitioning into the past the Jordan, going into the promised land, you'll find that the priests went first. Whenever you're transitioning into what God has got for you, the priestly anointing on you begins to move first. God will speak to your spirit to say he teaches you to profit, leads you by the way you should go. Because when your spirit is following after God, um, um, your hands will gather what your spirit has produced. The spiritual realm is where the birthing place is. The place where you're training through fasting and praying. You're training your spirit how to, how to fight up there. How to deal with your stuff. So now that you are both a king and a priest, I can now go and um, create with my hand, or create in the spirit, gather with my hands what I can hate in the spirit. Holy Ghost, help me. So, there is this pattern throughout the scriptures. Let me show you kings and priests in operation. Give me Acts chapter 6 verse 1. I need to lay this because if you don't get it, uh, the reason why people aren't getting their finances and coming into what God has got for them is because of a lack of understanding. Now in these days, this is now New Testament. So does this pattern fit in the New Testament? Well, look at the scripture. Now in these days, when the number of disciples were multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. So something in the earth was missing. Our widows, the people, the children that need, need help, the children aren't coming into their destiny, the people are being neglected, the families are being neglected because of a missing model. The model is missing. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of disciples and said, it's not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Because we are both kings and priests. We get it. You're a peculiar people. You're a strange breed. But to have dominion in the earth, if you do not implement this model, the people on the ground will struggle. The reason why our children aren't going anywhere is because the church has got the model wrong. Then the 12 summoned them. He says, therefore, brethren, he says, let's separate the groups. He says, it's not desirable that Apostle Max runs around with bags of groceries and make sure that the old, our old age home is taken care of and, and the St. Nicholas home is taken care of and he's got to run around and be everywhere. And then the people in the church are saying, well, he's a pastor. He must come to my house and I've got some cake and tea for you. It's like, when are we going to get the job done? 
Because my primary work as a priest is to keep the vision before you, to release the blessing of the Lord upon you, to receive the tithes and the offerings and manage that in the house of God. That's my job, my primary work. I have a kingly anointing and I've got businesses. But I am a priest. This is my main work. When God released the kingly anointing, I could do different things. And I am busy with, we're busy with some things. My major thing is consulting with business people and building strategies. And God's been phenomenal around that. So what we're doing here, he says, that this is what they did. They said, now let's separate the groups. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you the seven men of good reputation. So now that you're going to a kingly anointing, we, we're not going to give ourselves over to, to serving these tables. But we're going to give ourselves to word and to prayer. I'm amazing how people think that praying is, uh, you know, it's just praying. This is work. You think I'm being lazy. You think that what I'm doing and when we come to pray and stuff like that, people say, what are you going to do this morning? I'm going to work. What do you mean? At 8 o'clock, I'm here to pray. It's work. We're going to give ourselves to word and to prayer. I'm setting up my office differently this year. We're doing a whole bunch of things because it's work. People don't think that praying is work. It's work. He says, now then put the others in charge of this work. What must you do? These are, these are kings. They, if you're going to go into a, on a kingly anointing, seek out from among you seven men. Number one, you must have a good reputation. Number two, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom and that you can appoint over this business. Now look what happens when the priests are in position in the word and praying and the kings are in position taking care of business. But we will give ourselves to continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Verse 5, and the saying pleased the whole multitude and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith the whole, and the Holy Spirit, Philip, Procorius, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. Watch the model. You can't be running business by yourself. You want to function out of a kingly anointing. You can't be just doing your own thing. If you're going to make sure you function out of kingdom revelation and understanding, there is never a separation between the king and the priest. Never. If you're ever going to change the earth and make a mo put a model in the earth for your business and for your wealth and for your finances, then you can never be separated from the vision that God has put in the heart of a man of God. And whom they said before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. Then the word of God, of God spread. And the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. I found out that priests struggle in their core because the kings aren't in position. Or they, they were scared to tell the kings, I'm anointed, but so are you. You were scared to tell the kings, what you're doing is not right. You were scared to implement the model of saying the way we transform the earth, we are kings and priests unto our God, and that's how we rule in the earth. And the reason why the church and the people, our grannies, the young ones are struggling, education and finances and the like, is because of this missing model. The kings and the priests that were supposed to be in position because the primary role of a priest is to keep vision before you. Is to make sure that you understand the power of vision. Now where were we? 
Are you still with me? Are you still tracking? Please say amen. Both kings and priests. So understand this pattern, right? So God called you. He chose you. You are chosen generation. Something happens to you. Holy Ghost. We're going to read quite a bit of scripture now in Deuteronomy chapter, chapter 8. They're on their way into the promised land. They decided, whatever God says, we're going to take the Ark of the Covenant and we're going to go into a kingdom mode. The kingdom uh, suffers violence, but the violent must take it by force. It's a different attitude and a mindset. On the priestly side, there's a gentleness, there's a presence of God. There is sacrifices. There's a waiting on the Lord. The priestly part of who you are can deal with that. But when you're about to take territory, there are people that are in your house. God put the design to build a house exactly the way you want it in the unbeliever. They don't want to serve God. God gives the task of gathering to the sinner to hand it over to the righteous. So already in their minds, this whole design they build this thing, this is for their family, and they don't live in it. Because now a divorce came and all kinds of different challenges because they wouldn't honor God. So the house is empty or there are people in that house, but it's exactly what you've been asking God for. That's the design of God. So that when you come to that place, you'll say, this is actually my house. You thought you had to build a house. The house is built already. So what is the deal? But there are people in the house and they've got the, they've, they've got the title deed. No, no, no. They, 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 owe, they don't have the title deed. You're sitting with the title deed. Faith is the title deed. So when I have the faith and I have it and I say, that's my house, then I, through the kingdom of God, go in there and I evict them by the Spirit. Your fight's not against flesh and blood. So God allows you to go and see what you need to see. And then you drive that thing out by the Spirit of God so that your family can occupy. But you can't do that in church mode. The kingly part of you must be activated. And it's never been taught. Pay attention. There's a lot of teaching going on, but I need you to get this. So every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe. That you may live and multiply, go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember the Lord your God, th that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness. What was the, what is the wilderness for? To humble you? To test you? To know what was in your heart? Whether you would keep His commands or not. So He humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that He might make you, make you know that man shall not live by bread alone. But man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Let me tell you, there are many people that's in the wilderness, they don't know it. It's called a job. If it's got nothing to do with the house of God, nothing to do with your destiny, if God will put you in a job, it will be prepare you for your work and in the promised land. But most people just want a job. They want to they wanna be in the wilderness. They want to live at this level. If I can just get a job and be safe. Okay, cool. God loves you. You're saved. The blood brought you through. You're water baptized. You saved, you're good for heaven. But to have dominion in the earth, you need the kingly anointing. 
So God humbles you in that process. That your, he says, now your garments did not wear out, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. Now he's laying out the story because he's about to bring you into a place where you're going to look nothing like where you come from. That you should know in your heart that as a man chases his son, I disciplined you in the wilderness. I disciplined your spirit. God doesn't discipline you with sickness. You, you, you'll, feel, you'll feel a conviction and you'll feel like you, you, you're weeping over things. That's God's discipline. Because what kind of a son are you that God can't discipline you? If, you're not, if you can't be disciplined, the Bible calls you a illegitimate. So the Lord, had, your God chastens you. As a man chastens his son, therefore you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. And everybody said, not enough strength in this place. A land of brooks of water, Amen. Our fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills. A land of wheat and barley. Of vines and fig trees. Of pomegranates. A land of olive oil and honey. A land in which you will eat bread without scarcity. In which you will lack nothing. A land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can be copper. When you have eaten enough full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which He has given you. I'll wait for you to praise Him a little bit because God's about to activate something in this church. You're about to break out into a whole new level. Hallelujah. Next verse 11. Let's keep going. Now He gives you all what's going to happen. Now He says, beware. He says, beware now because don't forget the Lord your God by not keeping His commandments, His judgments, His statutes which I command you today. Lest when you are eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them. And when your herds and your flocks multiply, now you don't have one business, you got four. And your silver and your gold are multiplied. And all that you have is multiplied. He says, when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through the great and terrible, that great and terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpents and scorpions, thirsty land, and where there was no water, who brought water for you out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might do what? What is the wilderness? It's to humble you, that he might test you. What is it for? To do you good in the end. So you can depend upon God all the days of your life. Then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. Now here's where we're going to go. You shall remember when I think about the Lord. This is why the song must stay with you. For you shall remember the Lord your God. For it is He who gives you power to get wealth. That He may establish His covenant which He swore to your father. Your fathers as it is this day. When I think about the Lord, hands are lifted everywhere. This is in your new house. 
This is in your new place. This is in the new lands He's giving you. Come on. get wealth. Here's where the church has missed it. When you're dealing the book of Acts and you speak about the power, the dunamis of God, the power of God that comes on you, when any demonic force comes in or you're dealing with anything, the power of God is there to drive out any demonic force. That's not the power he's talking about here. Because you have a, I have a priestly anointing that when the anointing comes into a place, Anything you're struggling with mentally, any harassment of depression, suicidal thoughts, the power of God is present. Miracle signs and wonders follow that. We're finding there's healings that's taken place this week. God has healed people and healing bodies. The testimonies are coming through. That's credit to the power of God. Because God, the end of God's intelligence is His church. So He brings you into a church and in that is His presence. So when God takes you into the promised land, you don't leave the presence behind because you're going to need the dunamis power of God when that foul spirit is in that meeting and putting a no, 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 no. You can pray and say, I take authority over you, foul spirit. And you're going to let my, my things go. One of the sons had a deal that he was dealing with and the mess up of a certain garage. I want to mention their names. And 18 months fighting these people. So he went up to the courts and said, you need to address this thing. And they sent him an email to say, no, we ruled in their favor. So he didn't get the email. So he goes into the offices and he says, you need to explain to me what's going on here. She says, as he's going to this office, a woman's walking up the stairs. She says, look, I, can, do you work here? Yes, I do. Look, I'm dealing with this particular case. She says, that's my case. So if you go through that doors, you, your stuff will never come right. She says, come with me privately. She takes him to a side. And she says, it explains the story. She says, go home. You'll get some email by the end of the day. By the end of the day, 800,000 rands worth of value ruled in his favor. Change the no into a yes. Are you with me? Do you understand the power of fasting and praying? That God can turn that thing around in an hour. Where the devil says no, God will say yes. You'll get your payouts. You'll get to the return because of the anointing. Is anybody with me? Because when you're dealing with demonic forces, you need to have the power to address those spirits. You need to know the spirit you're up against and address it. But when he speaks about the power to get wealth is different. And I'm going to take two minutes to, to end up my sermon with this understanding. I've given you some things. This word is called koach. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. I've tried, I went up there and I tried to get the pronunciation right. Koach, like K-O-A-C-H. It's not 
dunamis power. If you're going to go into the promised land with a kingly anointing, you need a different touch. You need a different anointing. The reason why you're struggling in business, the reason why nothing's moving for you is because you are lacking this thing. He said, I'm going to put something on you. Listen what he says. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power, koach, to get wealth. That's very different. That means if I'm not going into the promised land, I don't need it. And if I'm not going to remember God, I can lose it. That's what he's saying. He says to get wealth. Why? Because this is a covenant relationship. It's both kings and priests that go together. So if you're never going to understand kings and priests, or you're never going to go and, and, and go into the promised land, and go into the land that God has prepared for you, you don't need this anointing. You don't need the kingly anointing. Then, then stay in the, in, the, in the wilderness and die here. There'll be a dignified funeral. But it will be with another pastor. Amen. Because everybody in Kingdom Life Embassy is going in. I don't know about you. I said everybody's going in. We're all getting an anointing. We are taking our children in. We're going to go live in the promised land. Everybody in the south said amen. Messing with the wrong church. We know who we are. We're honoring the kings and the priests. We're understanding that there's an anointing for the house of God. And there's an anointing for the marketplace. And we will never be separated. He says, I made a covenant. Covenant's got to do with two people. If we are in covenant, it's very different. Your relationship changes when you're going into the promised land. When you start to function with the kingdom of God, it changes. You know, there's been this thing on social media about this, this youngster and his ignorance in the church. Blaming the churches for not paying him enough. You foolish. You need to sit down and get be taught. You look at Aaron, you look at Brian, and anybody that's coming to this place. I can't pay you a salary. You get what we call a stipend. Enough petrol to bring you here. Why? It's the focus is the temple. You don't make money out of the church. That's ridiculous. I, you don't bless me. I bless you. And you'll watch them for years, a stipend, struggling. Can't go to parties. Because when you come to a party, you must come with a gift or at least some snacks. They don't even have money for that. Then God on a day, I will build my church. On this rock, I will build my church. Now watch. And the gates of hell will not prevail. That's the church. And I will give you keys to unlock the land, your business. So you can't look for money here. A distribution takes place to those that can't come by and, and produce by themselves. Are you still with me? So the distribution is here. We, we gather and we help and we empower and we build and we take care of the temple. But this thing, when God put keys in her hands, she stepped out, not from the church, and said, well, I'm leaving you all behind. I got my Mercedes and my, my wagon. She goes with the presence of God. 
and she moves into the promised land. And all that she desires, from houses to cars to breakthroughs to whatever the planting of businesses, God shifts you into the kingdom so that you can produce with your gift. And all that you need is found there. I hope somebody's hearing me. Please clap your hands. If you're getting what I'm saying, please clap your hands. So what he says is, please keep reading, verse 19. He says, then it shall be, if you by any means forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day. You're going to perish with the world. Because when I'm bringing you into the land, I didn't send you by yourself. I made sure that you have a priest and that you will stay worshiping here and I'll take care of the business out in the marketplace. I'll take care of your finances. If the house of God be your priority, then I'll make sure that your house is taken care of. I told this king this week when he gave me this testimony. I said, did you want to see? When I, when I pulled you in, I said, make a vow to the house of God first. I'll work with you, but you first going to give God a vow. I made them write out a vow. I said, if you don't come after and do what God tells you to do in the church, you will never make it out in the world. And if you go and you choose to make it in the world without God, I'm telling you today, based on scripture, you're not going not to make it. You'll look like ordinary people. In fact, they're going to spew you out. Because when you're going to, you're going to need the power of God. If you follow after other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that you shall surely perish. That's the reason why you're finding people with great gifts going nowhere. Because they're violating the order of God. There's an order in the kingdom of God. You are peculiar people. You are chosen generation. You've got both kings and priests. And what my primary role is in the kingdom of God is that I'm a priest. I can do business. But my primary role is to hear the voice of God, stay at home, pray, intercede, make sure I get the models right, deal with my leaders on the ground so that we can get the people on the ground healed and helped. As the nations which the Lord destroys before you, so you shall perish because you would not be obedient to the voice of the Lord your God. Now give me verse 18. We need to wrap it up. My time's almost gone. Just helping you. Give me verse 18, guys. Deuteronomy 8, 18. I'm going to read this one more time. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth. Have a look at the description. Give me two slides. The first one has got to do with the definition I put out this morning. Take photos if you need to. What is koach? Can you please give that to me? Gift, I'll appreciate. It's the divine ability or the grace to lay hold of something that is beyond your ability and strength to lay hold of. When God is bringing you into the promised land, He's got to put a grace on you. He's got to put an ability on you to make you fruitful. That you would not look like an idiot because you, you, you are an ambassador, you are peculiar people, and you want to go in and possess your possessions. And so when you want to go in there, He's got to put a grace on you with a kingly anointing. Not just a priest in the house, but a kingly anointing to tread on scorpions and snakes and possess your possessions. Now let's keep on going with the next slide. Give you the definition. What is, keep on staying with that one, guys. Koach means divine power, divine ability, substance, 
wealth and divine strength that God puts on a king. When that anointing is on you, it's not just to make things articles for the house of God. It's the ability to go in and to possess your possessions. It's, that is the power to get wealth. That's what we're talking about. And for most kings, you're struggling and you're looking like the rest of the world because you've not tapped into this wealth. The power to get wealth is not money. Money is the lowest denominator in the kingdom. You want money? Go work. We're not talking about that. We're talking about an anointing. We're talking about true riches. There was a rich young ruler that came to Jesus and he said, I want what your disciples have got. Jesus says, take what you have, sell to the poor. That means give into my vision. I've, I'm here for the poor. So give into my vision and then come take up your cross and follow me. And the Bible said he was sad at that saying because he was rich. Then Jesus says, how hard it is. You are sad and Jesus wept and looked at him because scholars believe he was the replacement for Judas. And because he could handle money. And he said, how hard it is for those who possess, who've made their money in the world to come in on the kingdom system. Because what if a man gains the whole world yet loses his soul? There's an exchange that takes place when you go and you sow into his vision and you make sure that the house of God is taken care of, that you gain an anointing. It's called koach. The ability to wake up tomorrow morning with a creative idea and then you see it manifest in your hands. You watch the show that we did for television. Where did that come from? From the presence of God. And then God says, now go to these people, lay it out like this, and they're going to give you money for it. Why are you quiet? That's the priestly anointing and the kingly anointing operating because she is a peculiar people. You are a chosen generation. You are not like anybody else. Your days of broke are over. This is the week that you fast and pray and say, Father, I am creative. I have koach all over me. I have the power to gain wealth. I know that this God idea is going to float. I know that I have the mind of Christ. I know which way to go. I'm led by your spirit. I am anointed to create wealth. Wherever I go, whatever I do, there is a divine power, a divine assistance, the anointing to break yokes. Wherever I go, people are receiving my product. They're receiving my idea. I'm finding new relationships. There is an anointing. Wherever I go, I have power to gain wealth. Wherever the soles of my feet will tread, God, you've given it unto me. I'm letting you know you need to pray a little bit this morning. Say, Father, I need an anointing. If you you're going to be an ambassador for Christ. If you're going to go into the promised land, if you're going to become what God has called you to be, you're going to need another touch. You're going to need the power of God upon your life. You're going to need an anointing. If you're going to come into what God has got for you, the people will come and they'll buy from you. They will promote you. They will bring you into your next level. But you're going to need an anointing. You might as well start praying right now. You might as well start calling upon the name of the Lord. If you want to see promotion, you need a different kind of touch. Where's that kingly anointing in this place? I am anointed to think creatively. Creatively. I'm telling you that there is an anointing. 
sat here this morning and the Lord said to me, son, here comes the kingly anointing in this house. Don't worry. Not everybody's going to shout about this message because not everybody's wanting to go into the promised land. But there is one person in this place. I'm letting you know that I'll pray for one person this morning. Bring me the worship team. Some person that understands what I'm saying. Give me First Chronicles chapter 26. I'm done preaching. I'm showing you why it's not working. And I'm showing you why it is working. People stop blaming God for your broke, lazy mindset. Sit down and be taught, man. If, you, if you're so gifted and you're blaming the church for not paying you, take your, do yourself a favor and sow it into the house. And you'll watch how God will promote you. I don't know who taught you, but you're ignorant, young man. Give me verse 2, I think it is. Uh, no, I gave you another scripture. Give, it, give, my, give my phone. I gave you a scripture this, earlier on. Come on, guys, work with me. I send you scripture for a reason. Second Chronicles 26, please work with me. Now, all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old. Young men, don't waste your time in the world. Get under the priestly and the kingly, your peculiar people. Get born again and come into the kingdom. 16 years old. And made him king. A king at 16. Instead of his father Amaziah. He built Elath. Restored it. Listen, look at the work that he's doing. He's a king. He's a king. He can command resources. He can build things. He knows how to set up a deal. He knows how to cut off that debt. He knows how to move forward. It's an anointing. It's the power to get wealth. To when, when do I move? When do I move to another building? When do I go and change this thing? People who don't have this anointing, they hold on with everything. Can't sow a cent. Can't do anything. Because you're so scared. This is all I've got. Do you not know there's plenty in daddy's house? He built Elath, restored it to Judah, after the king rested with his fathers. Keep going. Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king. And he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jehaliah of Jerusalem. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. According to all that his father Amaziah had done. Watch this now. Watch this. Please want to read. He sought God in the days of Zechariah. Who had understanding in the visions of God. So God gives you a priest who has an understanding of the visions of God. Then he brings a king alongside you. He gives you a priest who's holding the vision. And I said 21 days. Oh no, I just want to take seven days. I said. Because God's busy with something in the earth. And he's wanting you to understand it. Now as a king, if you can't even obey that, how can God trust you with money? The power, the koach, the thing that you need to make you victorious in the earth is never going to come. Because if you can't obey 21 days, what are you going to do with the next 21 years? Let me, let, let me help you. Please be seated. Let me tell you what God does. Let me help you, king. If God doesn't give you a priest, he will never give you the money. Let me tell you why. Very simple. If you disconnect from the priest 
who holds a moral standard in the house and holds the vision. You will destroy your life with the amount of resources. You will end up in the nightclubs, you'll get drunk, you'll destroy your marriage, you'll destroy. Because the only reason some people aren't doing what they're doing and doing what Tiger Woods did is because they don't have the money to do it. But it's in your heart. That's why God will give you a priest. And the first thing the priest will do is kick that rubbish out of you. And say you will die if you don't fix this thing. Money will destroy you. It's an amplifier. If you are a little angry now, when that money comes, the yellow Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, because of your, your money that you get. Because money is an amplifier. Now I'm going to show you. That's why God has got to humble you, test you in the wilderness to kill that thing in you. Because when the money comes, it just amplifies what's in your heart. God will keep us here, keep us here until you are certain it's the house of God you want to build. And not buy a, a soldier one and soldier two. Oh, that's a private joke. That was Brian and Warren, my son. They said, no, we're just down here. We're kings and we're going to get, so you get your, 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 your Ferrari, I'm going to get mine. And it's a, a soldier one and two. God had to first kill that soldier in him. Before he can put money in their hands. Because that's what you build. Remember when they came out of the wilderness, they never had no instruction. Then Moses was gone. They said, let's make a God for ourselves. And they took what God put in their hands and they built themselves a calf. And said, this is the God that brought us out. God is going to kill that calf in you. If you don't kill it in you, it will kill you. And you want money. No. You don't understand what you're dealing with here. You need an anointing to get wealth, but by then, your heart must be sold for the kingdom of God. You don't want money before it's time. Because now you walk in and say, I always wanted to divorce you. You sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had the understanding of the visions of God. Please read, want, want to read. And as long as, come on, say it one more time. And as long as, say it one more time. Now look at your neighbor and say, as long and as long as you. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. As long as you stay connected to the priest and you are king, God will make you prosper in all that you do. You disconnect from that thing. I'm letting you know that you will perish. Your business will fail. Your life will be a mess because God has given you a priest. Because you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You never disconnect from the house of God. And the more you want to take care of the kingdom business, the more God will take care of your business. Because as long as... Did you get anything out of today's teaching? Someone is going to grab a hold of their destiny. Scripture lets you know that the grace and God's ability will lift if you forget Him. Stand to your feet. One more time, let's go.
The grace and the ability is going to lift if you forget me, says the Lord. You stay connected. I'll bring the wealth. I'll show you. There's a grace coming upon kings this morning. There's a grace coming upon you this morning. As long as you love the Lord and want to see His house prosper. As long as you're asking what's in the visionary's heart that I can do. I'm letting you know that God will do it for you. I'm letting you know that God has got a pattern and God is not confused. God will not allow the world to destroy you. But if you stay connected to God and keep singing the song in your new place, and your new house, hands are lifted, kings. You lift your hands everywhere in this place.